We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 27, 2009. We're just going to be doing a brief study on uh, baptism. I had a, a Christian email me the other day and said I really needed to delve into this deeper. I got into the, I've done a three-part series on salvation, and I really do need to address this. This is something I need to address, and this would really go. This would be like a part four to the salvation teaching that I did. Okay, so I'm going to probably try to work that in as a part four, and because um, this is very important, this information that we're going to be going over, and it's something that we do not want to overlook. And all of this is every single thing today is just Bible verses. It's all it is. Every single thing I'm going to be quoting today is Bible verses. So, this is entitled, The Importance of Baptism. John 4.1 says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, okay, he wasn't the one doing the baptizing, in other words, okay, at, at that point, Jesus wasn't, um, but it says, when the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he, meaning Jesus, left Judea and departed again unto Galilee. Okay, so I just wanted to establish that verse where um, you know Jesus did advocate this, the practice of baptism. Okay, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. This is Jesus' Christ's instructions to the disciples. Um, and he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Okay, that was a, one of the things Jesus was commanding them to do. Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. Okay, now, I believe, and we're going to look at a lot of these verses, it does appear that with the practice of baptism, something supernatural is actually potentially happening here. Okay? And um, I am... I think there's certain instances where, obviously, it was impossible for this to happen. The thief on the cross. Okay? Uh, next to Jesus. Jesus said, there, Verily, therefore, I say that you will be this day you will be with me in paradise. He got saved on the cross. He didn't have time to get baptized. Okay? If somebody is on their deathbed and they're, they're, they, uh, they get saved, and they really get saved, they didn't have time to get baptized. If somebody was, let's say they were in prison and they got saved, well, maybe they're on death row. Maybe they're in prison. They don't, maybe they're in lockdown somewhere. They don't have access to a baptismal pool. Okay? There's certain instances where this is going to be an impossibility. So I'm not saying that, that you know, um, I just want to be real careful with this subject. Okay, because there's, there's obviously, uh, and there's a biblical example where we can look at there too with the thief on the cross. So, um, but I believe it's also very important this is done as soon as you can after salvation, after, after, Salvation. It's something that we're supposed to do. Okay, so, uh, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to talk more about the, that remission of sins thing a little bit later with some more verses. Acts 8.12, But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. See, the first thing you do is you believe. Okay, Believing implies faith. And I've done a whole study on the salvation. I'm not going to rehash all those verses again. Because that was much like this study, pretty much just Bible verses. Um, but notice that when they believed the preaching concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, what was the logical outcome after that? They were baptized, both men and women. And the next verse, Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Next verse, Acts 8.14, Now when the apostles which were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Now notice, the, the key thing is receiving the word of God, believing the word of God. Okay, That's how we, get, we have to get saved through that. I understand salvation is a specific message, but it comes through the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So how do you have faith? To believe in Jesus Christ, to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. How do you have faith to believe in the finished work of Christ? Well, it's through the word of God. It's all tied together, in other words. Next verse. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, for as, as yet he was fallen upon none of them. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Okay, so now... At that point, they were only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay? And at this point, what it's saying is, is when they had actually come down, they had actually laid their hands on these that had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and that was when they received the Holy Ghost. Okay? So, somebody can make the point, well, you got to be baptized in order to receive the Holy Ghost. Well, in this case, they had already been baptized... And it was when they got they were they had the hands laid on them that they actually received the Holy Ghost at this point. I think sometimes the Bible will indicate that um, different scenarios taking a little bit uh, place in different uh, different scenarios. But in this case, we see the pattern here. Okay, now if we go to Acts eight thirty five, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here it is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Now this is when Philip was translated into the wilderness and the Ethiopian eunuch was there and he was interpreting the scripture for him. Okay? So when Philip was there, he interpreted the scripture, he preached unto him Jesus, and then they went on their way, they came unto water. In other words... He got saved. He, he believed. Okay, so the first thing he did after he believed, the eunuch said, See, here it is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. So, yeah, he believed. Now you can be baptized. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then, and he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. 
And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip. In other words, his job had been done. His work had been done. Presenting him the word of the Lord, he accepted it, he believed it, he believed Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and then he got baptized. Once that was, once that was done, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went his way rejoicing. Oh, man, what a way to live. Can you imagine Philip? Wow. Praise the Lord. Man, that's awesome. Acts 9.17 And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mayest receive thy sight. This was after Saul, who um, became Paul, had been blinded, and they sent Ananias in there that he might receive his sight, and then be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, arose, and was baptized. So, um, he, he put his hands on him. What happened? He was, he was able to see, he was filled with the Holy Ghost, and there immediately fell from his eyes scales, he received his sight, and then he was baptized. Okay, it was the first thing that they did. I guess the point I'm trying to make here is the first thing you really need to, to heavily think about doing is getting baptized after you're saved. Now, there's a problem with this because I have people email me, well, where do I go? What do I do? You know, that's a very hard question for me to answer because it's hard for me to tell them, well, go to an apostate 501c3 church and just coerce them to get in, into the baptismal tub so they can baptize you. This is not an easy answer. You need to pray about it and ask the Lord to open a door. Ask Him if you haven't if you haven't done this. Something you really need to pray and get on your knees and, and even fast about regarding how do I go about doing this. The problem is, is the day and times we're living in. There is such apostasy. I wouldn't want some heretic baptizing you. And it's this is a this is something that that might be as far as the scenarios and the way it works out regarding you getting baptized, it may work out differently for different people. So, there's not a whole lot more I can tell you beyond that. So please don't bombard me with emails about it because that's as good of an answer as I can give you. What I'm telling you is go to the Lord. And if you're not, under, if you're not getting an answer, pray and fast. If you want to supercharge your prayers, pray and fast. Confess any unconfessed sin. Go to my teachings on the biblical keys to answered prayer. The Lord will open a door. He'll provide a way. You have to have faith He can do that, though. So, uh, let's go further. And then Acts 10.46, And then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water, that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? So, in these instances, these people are receiving the Holy Ghost pretty much the instances we have talked about. They're receiving the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that comes in, inside you to live, which is which is a gigantic part of the salvation process. They are receiving the Holy Ghost prior to baptism. It's, it's very clear in Scripture. Okay. So he says, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. 
Then prayed they to him to tarry certain days. Acts 16.30 And they brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. That's Acts 16.31 And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night. I mean, they did not mess around getting baptized here. They took them the same hour. It was at night. <laughs> and washed their stripes and was baptized, and he in all his straight way. I mean, it was the same hour. You, you see that over and over again in Scripture. When they got saved, they were baptized short order. It wasn't something they messed around they messed around with, waiting around for. I'm just telling you, I'm giving you biblical examples here. That's all I'm trying to do. Uh, Acts 18.8 In Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized. So it was, again, it was hand in hand. Acts 19.3 And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Remember, John was baptizing in the desert. Okay? Next verse. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Remember, John was saying repent. Okay? Saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, which is Jesus Christ. That is on Jesus Christ. So John was preparing the way for Jesus Christ. Uh, Acts 19.5 says, Then when, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were, they were, they were baptized again, in other words. Okay? Um, they had had John's baptism, but it wasn't the same as being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, these types of things. So, um, Acts 22.12 I mean, Jesus hadn't died on the cross at that point when John was baptizing in the wilderness. He hadn't paid our sin debt. The finished work of the cross hadn't been done yet. This is why it was necessary to baptize them again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, as the Bible talks about. Acts twenty two twelve. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me. Now this is a recap. We've already read kind of this, but this is another account which Paul's giving us of Ananias um, when he was Saul, okay, and then he became Paul. He came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. In the same hour I looked upon him. And that was when the scales fell off his eyes. And he said, The God of our fathers hath, hath chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. He was basically foretelling his ministry. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. So why are you waiting here? Arise and be baptized. It was immediate. And wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Okay, now, going further. And I'm going to get into this, the, where it says, wash away thy sins, and the other thing that I said that I would get back to. Uh, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you receive... Okay, so let's... We're going to talk about that a little more. Romans 6, 3. 
Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Okay, so we, this is what, from a supernatural standpoint, it's hard to fully get our heads around exactly what might be going on. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I understand the Bible lays it out, but it's, sometimes it's a little bit hard to fully get your head around. This, these verses kind of help us do that. Know ye not that so, so many of us that as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Now, what does that mean? Well, when you, when you baptize somebody, you, you, they're standing, you baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, baptized, um, uh, buried with him and baptized unto death. That's when you lay him back, baptized unto death. That's symbolic of that, the death of Jesus. And then raised to a newness of life, okay, as Christ was raised up from the, from the dead by the glory of the Father, we're raised into newness of life as we come out of the baptismal pool. We're immersed totally. It's not the sprinkling stuff. Immersed totally. Baptized into the death of Jesus Christ. And then raised to walk in newness of life like Christ was raised up from the dead. That's what it's a type and a symbol of. And it's something that obviously is extremely important according to these scriptures. Not according to Scott Johnson. According to these scriptures. Romans 6.5 For if we had been planted... And I apologize for not doing this study earlier because I should have done this in conjunction with the salvation teaching. I apologize. That, that's all I can really say. Um, Romans 6.5 If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death... Okay, so this is a symbolic of this. We shall also... We shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. See, it's... it's Symbolic of his death and resurrection. We are to be followers of Christ. Well, this is what Christ did. It's, it's, it's a symbolic, but it's still very important. Next verse, Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. And this is interesting, Romans 6, 6. 6 being the number of man. Okay. Our old man is crucified with him. The Bible talks about in Galatians 2, 20, where we are crucified with Christ Nevertheless, we do not live, but Christ liveth in us. Okay, it's, some, it's that too. Okay, crucified with Christ. Okay, so knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And again, the, the symbology of going back into the baptismal pool is the baptism into death, and then raised into newness of life. Romans 6, 9, Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. See, that's why the Bible says absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay, so... Um, See, even though death might be a physical death for a Christian, it's not like death and hell and the lake of fire. It's actually, you know, passing on to an infinitely better place. So death hath no more dominion over him. 
Uh, next verse, Romans 6.10. For he, for in that he died, he died unto sin once. And again, what the Catholics want to do is they want to keep re-crucifying him all the day long. And that's why if you go into a Catholic church, they got Christ still on the cross. This pitiful Christ on this cross. And that way they can go in there every Sunday and re-sacrifice him. And re-crucify him. Because their sin debt has to constantly be repaid week after week after week. Keeping the seven sacraments. You know, doing their Catholic Eucharistic communion stuff. Which isn't the Lord's Supper. Okay, it's a totally different thing. Which is something we should also be doing. We should be partaking of the Lord. He said, do this in remembrance of me. It's, it's an ordinance, okay? That is something that, that we should be doing on a consistent basis. The Bible says they did it when they came together. They partake of the Lord's Supper. They, they, they broke bread and, and, you know, I just used some grape juice and a little bit of unleavened bread. I think that's the way to go. Partake of the Lord's Supper. Read it right out of the Bible. Partake of the Lord. We're doing this in remembrance of me. We're remembering the broken body of Christ. We're remembering the blood that he shed, which is symbolic of the grape juice. Okay? That's why we're doing it. We're remembering Christ, that he's in the forefront of our mind. So if we go further, let's see here. For in that he died, meaning Christ, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12.12 for as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Okay, remember, we are members of the body of Christ. That's what the Bible talks about. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body. That being the Holy Spirit. Okay, We're baptized into one body. The baptism has something to do with our placement in the body of Christ, it seems here, okay? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit, for the body is not one member, but many. Now, I'm going to read this because I bring this up a lot, and these people that go around saying, well, you've got to be doing this, and I and I email them back, and I'll thank them for defining my, my, um, my calling that the Lord's calling me to, which is basically a watchman and a teacher. You know, and it's like some people are doing certain things and if you're not doing exactly what they're doing, you're you're not a real Christian or you're or a real man or whatever. I get I mean, I've got a lot of that over the years, particularly in, in independent fundamental Baptist circles. They're real bad about that. Um and here's my answer to them. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear say, shall because, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body? In other words, if the ear were to get jealous of the eye and say, oh, I'm just an ear, and I can't be an eye, and I want to be an eye, so I'm really not part of the body, does that still not make it part of the body? Of course not. It's still the ear. It's still incredibly important. I mean, if you're if you're out somewhere and you don't have any hearing, and some evil is approaching you, and it's not in your peripheral eyesight or your eyesight, and only your ears can pick it up, well, the ears are what's going to pick it up. 
translate that to your brain, you're going to turn your head, then your eyes can see it. So in other words, I'm just giving you that as an example. It, they're all important. So if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? In other words, if the whole body was one big eye, that would be funny looking. Well, then how's it going to hear? It's just an eye. It's all it can do is see. What? Exactly. How's it going to walk? How's it going to do a lot of things? If the whole were hearing, in other words, if we were one big ear, where were the smelling? How could we smell? We couldn't. We'd just be a big ear walking around or an ear slithering around. I don't know. It was just an ear. Yeah, just laying there. Just an ear laying there. So, but now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. He's the one that does it. He is the potter, we are the clay. Okay, so that he has that authority over us. Um, our lives are not our own. We are bought with a price. So, these are things that are very good to remember. Galatians 3.26 says, For we are all... Children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I, I want to just emphasize that as I did in the three teachings of the um, the three teachings of the salvation verses or of the, of the salvation teaching, where we gave you scripture after scripture after scripture of this fact that we are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now, granted, if we just had that one verse to go by, granted, there's a little more things we need to look at, and we did that in those three teachings on salvation. But that's the essence right there. Faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you has been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Here we go with the baptism again. Baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. In the body of Christ, there is not that. That's, that's not a distinction. For you are all one in Christ. Even though we're different members of the body of Christ, at the same time we're still one within the body. Because the body is interconnected. It is one. Ephesians 4.4 4, There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in the hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. The Baptist, it's not the John the Baptist baptism anymore. Okay, that was very relevant for the time. Uh, but once Jesus came, it was different. Okay, the baptism was different. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Okay, so I hope that that might have cleared up anything that I'm, any uh, loose ends that I created just with the salvation teaching. I, I really, you know, I emailed that to me and, and I looked at it and I said, I'm going to do a study on this and uh, I think this is something we need to address and I want to address it now. It's, it's you know, it's not, not, not anything I wanted to mess around with. I did it this week. I set aside some stuff, just got those verses together, got them straight out of, you know, obviously straight out of the Bible and we just went over them and I think it's very clear um, you know, why the importance of this issue. So uh, that's going to be all for today. And I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and time you've given us. I praise you, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy, Lord God, you've bestowed upon the body of Christ for allowing us to come together another time. 
I pray, Lord, that your truth and your word, wherever it is being taught or preached or teach worldwide, would be blessed. That you'd use my listeners, um, uh, Taylor and Onetta, myself, my listeners, the body of Christ, that you'd use us mightily for your glory, and that through us, many souls would be saved. That we would be beacons of godly light to a sin-sick, dying world, that this truth would go forth, and that you would give the people that we would minister to eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we've committed in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. I pray for your mercy, Lord God, as we have, have, as we have mercy on our, even our enemies, Lord. I pray, God, if we don't have that mercy, that you give it to us, that you give us the fear of God, um, that we would have humility before you and before our fellow man, that we would humble ourselves as little children before you, Lord God, as you've you have commanded us to do. And that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. We thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray all these things. Amen.